how is he going to remember that honeymoon? Oh, it's the, hmm. I, all I can remember is that stupid client. I can't remember. Much, I remember getting mad at my spouse for something work-related. No, you don't want that. Hey, I'm Michael Panic, And I'm Michael Ray. And, and we're, we're the, the Michaels. Michaels. We worked together for eight years and through many hopeful and hopeless situations. Today, we each work jobs we love and enjoy life every day. During our time as coworkers, we ignored a lot of warning signs, which eventually caused issues in our personal lives, affecting families and friends. Our work-life balance was out of whack and we didn't even know it. This podcast is all about recognizing potential issues and advice on how to correct your course of life and work. This, this is Work-Life Balance. Hey guys, I'm Michael Ray, and today we're talking about episode one, Drudgery When Every Day is a Monday. Now, before we get deep into this and the issues and the how we can help resolutions, let's talk about who we are a little bit. Well, I'm Michael Ray, and then we also have here Michael Panic. We'll actually be calling each other by our last names because we don't want to confuse ourselves and our listeners. So let's talk a little bit about our backgrounds. Um, pretty straightforward. Panic and I met uh, in 2011 at a job. He was in production. I was in sales. And we really had a great friendship outside the workplace. Well, fast forward eight years later, here, here we are in 2019, and that job has ended. Our friendship did not, but we learned a lot together. We grew a lot together. And now we want to actually help other people with things that we've learned. And yeah, we are millennials, but that's okay. But anyway, just want to give you a little background there on myself. What about you, Panic? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. We... Um you know, we met as kind of like proverbial work friends. Um, and you also knew, uh, older brother. I mean, it's a small town. And so we, you know, everybody knows everybody. Um, but we did become friends outside of work and, uh, it's been awesome to kind of work through, um, work life growing up in a job, um, and having somebody by your side to help you through it. Um, the ups and the downs, and then, yeah, when we both decided that it was uh, time for us to kind of move on uh, into separate positions, you know, working distance, we realized that we had a good opportunity to um, help other people kind of avoid some of the pitfalls that we found ourselves in quite often. Um, and we think that we can really reach out, help people who are overworking themselves, who don't have a positive work-life balance to kind of learn from our mistakes um, and hopefully we can even learn from our own mistakes going forward. And I think this podcast stands as an opportunity for us to do that as well. Yeah, I mean, even though like we've been working together for eight years, <clears throat> and it was a small company, so we, there were a lot of multitasking, uh, multi-hat scenarios going on, which is not a bad thing, but you know that's a pretty common scenario in a lot of situations. But even like for myself, like my undergrad was in information systems and a minor in marketing. I even got, you know, my master's in business. So I felt like I was an educated individual. It didn't really prepare me for the stresses and how to cope with them. You know, in today's world, we're told work hard and you'll get rewarded, which is a lot of truth to that. But they skip over all the parts where you may be working hard that's literally digging a deeper hole, but you don't know it until you reach the bottom. So all that being said... Today's episode, the first episode, this is the one, this is kind of that wake-up moment, um, which is why we named it When Every Day is a Monday. And I know when people hear that, you may chuckle for a second because you may say, well, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, like, that should scare you. That should scare you if, you're, if you sympathize with that, if every day feels like the first day of the week and every day is that drudgery, that, like, I, I can't do this, I don't want to do that. I, I just I couldn't stand the thought of going into work. Let me be the first person to tell you that uh, not everybody mm -hmm. feels that way. Some people get excited and enjoy working. And so, uh, yeah, definitely, if you feel that way, I hope that this is your wake-up call to realize that that's not right and you don't have to live that way. Yeah, so for us, we literally we try to one-line our episodes in terms of what the issue is. So what we're saying here is pinning our success on somebody else's changing what we're really meaning is that if you are in a job where you feel like you are being challenged to the point where you're you're not being successful 
and you don't think your manager's listening to you or your owner's not listening to you, or if, if you're actually the owner of the company and you have clients who aren't listening and, they, and it feels like you're being abused, not in a physical way, but in a mental way, or you feel like you can't escape, that's what we're talking about. And the reason why this, this episode is so important to us, we were in this role of we were relying on someone to change to make it better, and it never was going to happen. Yeah. And just to give you guys a heads up, in your situation, it will never happen. You can never change someone. They can only change themselves, and you have to realize that. And that can apply in uh, your job. It can apply in marriage. It can apply in just in your friendships. Don't expect to change someone because they have to change themselves first. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, I think it's a hard lesson for people to learn because, um, everybody wants to believe they have like more control in life than they actually do, but you really can't change somebody's heart and mind. And so when when we talk about this, yeah, it it could be a manager, it could be a client, it could be anyone at any level, there's going to be people who do things that, uh, that, that aren't good and you can wait around all day. I mean, I, I, if, if you catch yourself saying things like, oh, man, when they're gone, when this project is over, when I move up, when I'm not in this position anymore, whatever you, whatever you hang your hat on at night to say that's when things will get better, that needs to be a red flag. That needs to be a huge like warning sign because you're banking your success. You're waiting <laughs> around for somebody else to change who they are, to change their life so that your life can get better. And that is not going to happen probably ever. No. There's no way, you know, for us, um, and it's kind of funny, We so Panic and I, we propped ourselves up. When there were times where we were challenged and we didn't know what to do, but we kept saying to ourselves, there's a better tomorrow. We have, we're looking down the road. It will be better. It will be better. But then as time went on, we began to realize that it wasn't going to be better until this person changed. And like Panic was saying, if you're relying on that person to change, it will never get better. And that even goes into like one of our first talking points with warning signs. So just to let you guys know, we're going to give you an issue. We're going to give you some warning signs and we're going to give you a little bit of resolutions. Yeah. So let's hit with some, uh, some of these <clears throat> warning signs that we haven't already hit on a little bit. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the first one? So the first one we have is telling ourselves it will get better. Yeah. Now, I know you're now I'm not going to lie. There are every career job has its moments where if you're sitting there and it's been, you're a project of some sort. If you're a project type company, you're a project. It's been three weeks and it's just been awful. If that's that's okay, if it, because that may happen sporadically. Now, if that's literally all the time where you feel like you're working sixty hour weeks, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many hours you put into something. It doesn't seem to go away, and it may be a year later and you're still doing it. Something's not right. And you, you know, and you keep telling yourself, oh, it will get better, it will get better, it will get better. It may not get better. Um, and you have to realize that. So, I'd actually say chances are, like, it's, it's not going to get better. No. It's just, I mean, and just to dig a little deeper into that, it, this is going to sound, the right person is going to hear this or the wrong person, whatever, is going to hear this and think, like, oh, these are whiny millennial kids that are just like, oh, yeah, you just got to, you know, deal with it. Or, like, you don't have to put up with it. And I'm not telling you that it's not going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard. But that doesn't mean that you have to hate it. And you also shouldn't be spending all your time waiting for it to get better. So like if you, like Michael was saying, if you have those temporary moments of, man, this project blows, this is awful, this is taking forever, I feel, you know, I'm just ready for this to be over. Once in a blue moon is totally fine. That's okay. That's normal. That's expected. But when every project, every day, everything just is constantly this waiting game of the next step when this is over. If you're anticipating uh, tomorrow, it never comes, right? It's the adage about uh, watched pot never boils, right? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you just wait for it forever, it's not coming uh, 
ever. And there's some like practical wisdom behind that. And there's some kind of just uh, psychological patterns behind that as well. But if you're just waiting for everybody and everything to change, I promise you it's not going to happen. And you need to either change your attitude or change your situation. And uh, we will definitely get into that a little more later. Yeah, no lie. So now here's something interesting. I actually read an article today. It was talking about millennials. And look, here's the thing. Millennials is just a generation thing. It's literally, we're no different from any other generation. It's just the way we interact with communication has changed. Not because we wanted it to, it's because that's that's how we were trained to do. We were born with a smartphone, Mm -hmm. essentially. And I was reading an article today, and it was talking about how millennials are getting rid of lunch breaks. It's because, and if you read, you know, it's that classic, you know, uh, clickbait for a title. When you read into the actual article, they talk about how millennials are afraid of lunch breaks. Oh, yeah. They're afraid that they can't take a lunch break. And in an article, it made this joke of, in the corporate world, you're supposed to eat your burrito and be on the keyboard and never actually walk away for 20 And you look weird if you're the one that goes out for lunch for an hour. And... That's sad. Like, here's the thing. It's important to work a long, good day, but it's more important to take a break. Mm-hmm. Because cause they also talk about this generation being the burnout generation. Now, I'm not always a big fan of the word burnout, but what they're saying is that we're trying to, because the way communication is now, it's constant. And it's just very difficult to separate and to realize that you're, you're not supposed to be always working yeah. and not trying because we have another episode really dedicated toward that. But I just, I read that article today. It kind of was just like, dang. Yeah. That's really it's insightful. Kind of, it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is very sad, but like we, you're, you're dead on that. Like we, as millennials, we get sucked into these traps because we are so used to being kind of always connected and we're just really susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of us would, you know, we do like, yeah, we wake up every day and it feels like every day feels like Monday and I'm dreading today and all these other warning signs. And you just want to believe that's normal um, because it, it feels kind of like our normal. It kind of is normal for us. And but it doesn't I guess it just doesn't have to be. Um, that's the that's the biggest I mean, that's really the biggest point of this whole uh, podcast. But uh, especially within this topic, like it, it doesn't have to feel bad to go to work. You don't have to dread going to work, uh, if you are there. Um, and, and so if any of this has not been like resonating with you, maybe you're still feeling it, but this isn't like quite where you are. We have some other, uh, warning signs here that are, uh, I like this one that we, that we wrote down is just allowing misery today for tomorrow's hope is just saying like, Oh yeah, I'll work 60 hours today because I'm sure that I can go home early tomorrow. You know, like, or 60 hours this week. I hope you are not working 60 hours in a day, but if you are, that you can email me. That kind of breaks the world right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're just saying, like, okay, I'll, I'll work crazy hours this week so I can take off next week, or um, this next one uh, is, is pretty good, is if you're saying, like, oh, I'll take a vacation when things calm down. And they never calm down. And which, you by never the way, take a vacation. Yeah, which Michael by, Ray, yeah. I'm looking at you. So it's safe to say um, in eight years that I was at the previous company, the longest vacation I had was my honeymoon, which was seven days. And I've never taken anything close to that before. I would, and, and I would always take on a Wednesday and come back on a Monday so it would be less impactful with my work, which is all in my mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's because here's the thing. Companies go on. Panic and I are no longer at that company. It's still going. Well, yeah. It, and it's been a little while since we've been there. So surprise. But, uh, but no, like this idea of if I just beat myself up, because I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of podcasts out there that are very motivational, they're very good. But half of them are pretty much telling you, work your butt off all you can, mm-hmm. and it will be better. And there's some truth to that. No lie. But reality is, if you're in a job and you have a manager and you're literally dreading when you wake up, dreading when you go to bed, the idea of work, and you when you go to relax and it's not changing, yeah. your mind doesn't turn off, 
that's not good. It, it means you're not utilizing what you're great at and you're trying to appease somebody or something that will never be appeased. Um, which kind of goes back to the idea of trying to make somebody change it. You can't make them. They have to do it themselves. Yeah. And it, it also means it, the flip side of that that we haven't talked about too much just yet is that nobody can really change you and you have to change yourself. Mm-hmm. So what Michael's talking about, I, I like to call that like cult of success that, you know, you hear these guys all the time that are like, yeah, if you just, you know, you just got to wake up at 4 a.m. and just grind all day, bro. And then, you know, you're going to have uber success and it's just going to be crazy. And like, that's fine, but you should enjoy that process. And if you're not enjoying it, you shouldn't force yourself through it. And if you're not, uh, yeah, if you're dreading every day and you're miserable and you can't stand your life, uh, working harder and giving yourself over to it harder is not going to help. It's not going to fix that person you need to fix. It's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to uh, make you like less stressed about it just to immerse yourself in it. Because that was always like my response. I think Michael can probably agree that I would very often just, if I got hyper-stressed, if I got too lost in it, if it got bad enough, that was my defense mechanism was just to work harder, was like to, to just go whole hog. And, and I did the you know crazy hours and the 16 day stints of work. And like, it, it didn't help. It didn't get, uh, you know, it didn't calm down any clients. It didn't get anybody off my back. It didn't get me any further along. It just gave me over to that stress. It was just all I had all day. And it was very unhealthy. Those times were just, uh, very, very unhealthy, and I was always, you know, working uh, with this mindset of if I just work hard now, it'll get better. And I mean, spoiler alert, it did not get better. <laughs> the harder I worked, honestly, the worse it got. Um, so that's a, I feel like that's an easy trap to fall into that you, yeah, you just can't do that. And all, you know, Nick, you was saying too about he worked hard and didn't get better. And then, you know, he got down to the point where both of us, we left. And which is, in most eyes, the last straw. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about how to try things and do a litmus test on where you are. And is quitting actually an option? And by the way, quitting is always an option. We don't want to say we recommend quitting. We don't recommend quitting. It is just remembering that that is an option. The world does go on. And I hate to break it to you. In a hundred years, you will be dead. And what you're doing right now may not even matter. Actually, I can pretty much tell you it probably won't matter. And you have to think about it in that grand scheme. Because you have to take care of yourself at some point. Because people do rely on you inside your families. And if you can't take care of yourself, how can you help take care of your family? So just keep that in mind. But, okay, so moving forward a little bit here. What's another simple warning sign? So let's go into another warning sign. Uh, We have fear that work will interrupt your life. Now, that sounds kind of weird right off the bat. But here's a classic, simple example. Because Panic and I both experienced this regularly, and we did not know we were experiencing it together until we quit. And we talked about it, and we're like, wait, you did the same thing I did? (laughs) So we were trained because... Uh, the way the, the nature of our company and the nature of management was, if it was Saturday, we would like Saturday, like the day we're supposed to have time off, you know, like to relax. Anybody ever heard of a weekend? You know, go do something with your family. Anybody? Uh, go ha- go to just have fun, right? Do your personal things. We were both trained, you know, not like not intentionally. It just happened over time. We got used to it. And that, oh, yeah. That's always the danger. We got used to it. But we were trained to where uh, we would not relax until 11 a.m. on Saturday. And what does that mean? We were waiting for something to happen work-related via text or for some of you guys that use Slack. You know what I'm talking about? That little pop-up message. And it's something that you have to do. And thanks to the world of communication that we're in now, oh, we can work remote, which just means that we can't escape work and we want to, and we're expected that if you have an internet connection, you're supposed to do work. 
Yeah. Yeah. So no. no, that that was one of those. That's a classic, simple example. I know I'm talking to a handful of people right now that if you're literally saying that you can't wake up. All right, we'll just say it this way. If you can't turn your alarm off on Saturday because you're afraid that you may miss something communicated to you via work, that's your litmus test. That's a very yeah. simple test. That That's a classic warning sign that you have either, if you're an owner, you have a client that's abusing you in a way that they're not supposed to, and you need to work on the communication with that, or you have a manager that doesn't seem to care about your well-being outside of, I need you to work for me and do my work and make me successful. I don't care about you. Yeah. So I know it sounds harsh, uh, but that's a very strong warning sign. And it's, it's an easy one to test. Yeah. I mean, another just like simple example is, um, and I think you have kind of, I remember you telling me at one point a similar story. I think you were at church, but like, if uh, just for, for like owners, for um, more client uh, focused people, for people who kind of get pushed around with their clients. I mean, if you can't sit in a movie, like let's talk about that one. If you can't come out of a movie and just dread turning your phone over, if the thought of like pulling your phone out of your pocket just to see what blew up while you were in a two hour movie terrifies you at night, at night, that's, that's a huge red flag. If you can't um, like, if you can't turn your phone off when you, for, for those of you who uh, regularly attend church, if you cannot turn your phone off before you go into church uh, without fear of like missing something or having a client, you know, call you or having a manager call you, text you, whatever, that should be a big red flag. Um, and at one point, totally unrelated from our job, I was working um, on the, sort of on the side, it was really more of a passion project. I say because I, well. I didn't get paid, but, uh, you know, that's what those mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's so, you know, but you know, within that there's, there's still boundaries even outside of like a, an employee employer relationship. If you're working with a friend, if you guys are working on a project together and you're getting the phone call, you know, and you've told them like, Hey, I'm with my girlfriend. I'm with the family. I'm with the wife today. I can't, you know, and they're still calling you and they're still texting you needing dumb things that they know the answer to they have access to that starts to get into some like dark psychological territory, even of like dependency and some weird stuff. But that's, and that's kind of beyond the scope of this conversation. The main thing to know is like, that's a red flag. You should be able to communicate when you are going to be unavailable and it should be okay for you to be unavailable unless it's a major pressing thing. You can't just in the middle of a, like, you know, I work in tech, so you're going to hear me, you know, talk about a lot of um, tech-related things. But like, if we're about to launch a new version of a software or a site or something, and I, I can't just say the day we're going to launch that I'm unavailable, that's poor planning and that's unacceptable. But if we're in the halfway in the middle of a sprint and we're just, you know, average every day getting stuff done, and I need to take a vacation, and I've told people about it a month in advance, there's no reason for anyone to talk to me while I'm on that vacation while I'm at the movie at nine o'clock at night, while I'm et cetera, et cetera, that should just be a red flag if, if those kind of things are applicable to you. Yeah. So what we're saying overall, though, if life outside of work it feels like you're just leasing time from work, then you need to think about it. I like, ooh, 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 I like that. Did you just come up with that? I did. Man, I like that a lot. You know, I like cars, so anything yeah. related to a car like leasing, you know, that I guess that comes in my head. But anyway. I want that on a t-shirt. Cross-stitch that over my hearth. <laughs> Don't lease time from work. I like it. See, like, apparently I am, I have all these little tidbits of phrases that panic will lock into and sometimes post on social media. <laughs> And not tell me. Guilty. And so uh, that's happened quite a few times. But you know what? That's my little <laughs> wisdoms, I guess. And the best part is I forget what I've said seconds later. So I'm glad that he documents it occasionally for me. That's the real reason we have this podcast. <sighs> Absolutely. Just to document my words. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So we're going to, we have two more warning signs to talk about here. Um, and then we'll go into some resolution. So next warning sign, ignoring hobbies or home becomes neglected so yeah if you're if if you never like i get it some people don't want to clean their house that's fine 
But if you are ultimately ignoring the state of your house in terms of, or your home, or your apartment, wherever you are that you live, if it's not being clean, if you're ignoring problems, uh, you're not doing repairs, you're just ignoring it because you're so consumed with work and you're consumed with trying to satisfy that person or that client or that manager and you can't escape it. So, because here's the thing, I've been there. I've been to where all I could think about was how am I going to survive this next week? It's, it's going to be awful, blah, blah. It's not a good thing. Just to kind of give you a little tidbit, because the shock panic today was I started drinking coffee again, <laughs> which is, that sounds like a ridiculous statement, but I haven't like drank coffee in quite a few years to the point where I remember, because Panic loves coffee. I love my coffee. He, if you ever want to talk about coffee, we'll probably make a podcast just on coffee. Whole coffee podcast. Yeah, just talk about the beans. But It's going to be called Whole Beans. It's a 30-minute <laughs> podcast bi-weekly. Check it out on Scratch iTunes. Scratch and sniff the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, so... Wow, I went a little off subject there. I offered this man coffee literally every day. It just kind of became a joke because I knew he was going to say no, but I was making it anyway. So I'd offer him a cup of coffee every single day. And then uh, yesterday he tells me that he's drinking coffee again, which just blew my mind because I think one time in probably two years consistently every day offering coffee, one time I think he actually took it. Yeah, I even told you that two years, like I will never – don't don't ask me for coffee. I'm never gonna drink it. Whatever I said, and you're like, all right. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so why, why did I mention that? It was literally because I started drinking coffee because I actually enjoy it, and I don't want it for the caffeine or for the kick. It was more of it allowed me to. I can actually relax drinking a cup of coffee, which sounds kind of odd. And the reason why I didn't do it before, I was so uptight about everything that was going on. I was afraid that if I did anything that didn't seem right, like drinking a cup of coffee, it might give me more, make me more jittery. I would lose it, and that, I know that sounds stupid, but that was going through my mind, and that kind of goes into that ignoring the hobbies in the home. Well, honestly, for some people, drinking coffee or something like could be a type of hobby. But what we're saying is that you're enjoying the things that you loved and enjoy that make you feel good, and you're ignoring them. Because you feel like you got to fix this other problem, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, isn't going away. Yeah. Because you're actually not in control of that problem, and you don't realize it right now. So, anyway. I have have an example here, and this is a bit of a confession that I... It's a touchy subject for me. I don't really like to talk about, and I've kind of... Secret, secret. I've been planning on talking about it on this podcast a little bit. Um, But so, at one point, I... uh, had worked really, really hard towards a, a, a true passion project of my own, um, a documentary that I had been working on, and um, put a lot of work and effort and really built up a lot of hype around it. And uh, about the time that we actually went on, I actually was able to take off two weeks of work, even though, um, fun little related tidbit within that, uh, I re- very distinctly remember halfway through my you know, vacation, whatever. I was sitting in a coffee shop in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, working. Uh, you know, my the other guys on the trip with me, they were off, I think, filming somewhere else, and I'm sitting in a coffee shop. But uh, so this project, you know, was really important and meaningful to me, and I think a lot of people think I've totally abandoned it. And this, and the truth is, it, it's so hard for me to revisit. It's so hard for me to work on because right off the bat. Like as soon as we got done with initial filming and we uh, we were starting to like edit it and everything, things really kind of uh, shook up at the company. I mean, we were suddenly the stress level was immense. We had some people leave. We had some turnover, and it was the moment that like it was like okay, well, this is your problem now. And things started getting very stressful for me. And at that time, I was completely unaware of any problem. I just thought that this was life and this is what I was supposed to do. And it, and it felt very, I guess, big and important. And so I really abandoned, to a degree, started abandoning the whole project very early because I was giving myself over to work. I was, I mean, like Michael said, because I love this now, I was leasing time uh, from my work 
when I could to tend to my life. And it was a huge undertaking, huge side project, huge passion project that I, you know, when I went into it, I had all the time in the world to do. And then all of a sudden there's all this pressure on me that hadn't been there before. Um, and I mean, not without like a pay raise. I think I definitely got a pay raise in there and, uh, and it, it wasn't, money is never, but, but money answer. is not the answer. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like, it wasn't thankless work. It wasn't anything, but it is a problem in and of itself. That's something I was so passionate about. So fully, you know, it seemed like, uh, it was, and still to a degree is a life goal and something that's so important that I started basically giving up in favor of the J-O-B that, you know, gave me a paycheck. And to some degree, you know, I, I learned a lot through all of it. To some degree, I hate myself. But the the main thing is that I completely started ignoring hobbies and uh, and people I loved that were involved with this project. And I, I really started putting it all aside for my job. Um, and that really didn't go away for a long time. I was I was single at the time. Um, and when I started dating my girlfriend, um, we're still together. That was a huge eye opener for me too, because she made me realize that, you know, I, I kind of felt that with that project, I had given it up a little bit. She made me realize just how often I was doing that. I was always, always putting my life on hold for work. Always. I was always giving it up, always just putting hobbies and people and loved ones aside uh, for work, I, there was like nothing more important to me than my job. And um, it, it wasn't doing anything for me. It wasn't getting me anywhere. It was making me miserable. I was very sad. I was pretty unhappy. Um, I had a lot of, you know, negative things going on. And But I never, I guess, realized, I never saw that as a warning sign even, that I was putting hobbies aside. I mean, I guess the one time I, I noticed it a little bit, but how often I would, you know, can't, got to work. No, I can't. No, I can't. Uh, and I would just put those things aside. I I've almost never saw that as a negative thing or as a warning sign. I thought that was just what it was. Yeah. And, you know, and also to reiterate, it's okay to say that you have to put something off to do some work for that one time. Sure. But if it's been years or heck, even six months, you really need to start to reevaluating what you're doing because um, you don't realize you're missing out on life. Yes, we are on this earth to, to work. I mean, that's just part of it. But you can safely say there are there have been millions of people that have worked themselves to death and they have nothing to show for it of any sort. Sure, they got a retirement out of it. And then they'll say, I, I, I missed out on a lot of life. Yeah. It could be as missing out on a birthday for a kid or um, getting, going to your friend's wedding, but you decide to work instead. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, there are a lot of things in your life that's only going to happen one time, and work's always going to be there. Yeah. You can't escape it. I'm not going to call anybody out from the box, um, but I know, Michael, you were showing me uh, a couple weeks ago, you showed me where a guy that you knew... Um, his, I think his wife posted on Facebook that he was yeah. checking his emails on his honeymoon. On his honeymoon. And look, here's oh the thing. And, unless you're like, well, I'll be honest, there's really no good reason for you to, to check into work or to check with your clients while you're on your honeymoon. And it's your fault for not communicating up front, but then ultimately you're allowing those people into your lives that it's your honeymoon. Like, I know it, it just sounds stupid. Oh, it's my honeymoon. When I had my honeymoon, when we got there, we went to the Dominican Republic. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. When we got there, my phone went into that little safe in the room and stayed there. I did not touch it. I didn't even turn it on until I was back in, in America. And... It's funny, I know what Panic's talking about, because I, I, I commented to the guy, hey, put your phone up. And he's like, oh, my wife and I, we're, she, she's understanding of that. Um, and we're like, well, that's fine, but that's not a good... There's a point where you need to have 
your life and not all about work. Because if you think about, oh, that was a great honeymoon, and you're going to think to yourself, why did I spend so much time with this potential client in this situation? Which, by the way, if they're really a good client, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get back to you when you get back. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like a life-saving, like I need to get give this person this information or they're about to die, sure. But that's not a reality for 99% of you people. I mean, it, unless you're just like an emergency surgeon of some sort that has some great procedure that nobody understands, that's not reality, but that's how extreme we're talking here. There are moments in, the, in your life that need, that need to be just life and doesn't have to have work involved at all. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Got to disconnect sometimes. Because it's it's not even, that's that even goes beyond, like, it's not just work. Like, oh, my gosh, on your honeymoon? No, put your phone, put your phone away. Mm -hmm. Put your anything, just be, I mean, jeez, I think you would want it to just be you and your spouse, right? Like, I mean, what if that person got mad at that client because they decide not to go work with them or they did something stupid and, let's say that person lost a bunch of money because something was said. How is he going to remember that honeymoon? Oh, it's the, hmm. I, all I can remember is that stupid client. I can't remember. I remember getting mad at my spouse for something work related. No, you don't want that. No. Sorry. Good call there. A little bit of a soapbox, but um, yeah, it's shocking. But uh, anyway, all right. We're down to our last warning sign. And this one's really important. Uh, Especially to us, because this is probably the summation of everything we experienced. And this is something that you probably are going through right now, and you just, you're asking yourself, why am I always this way? Loss of energy to do anything outside of work. So if you're literally, because I've been there, because uh, even with my commute, I, I can experience some of this, but you wake up tired, you go to work tired, you come home tired, you eat, and then you go to bed. That's that's your routine. When the weekend hits, you say, I'm going to catch up on my sleep, and you never do. And then you're like, when Sunday afternoon, you're like, oh, gosh, I got tomorrow morning is Monday. Here we go again. And so when, it, when you come home and all you want to do is sit down, eat, and go to bed every night, that's wrong. It's a big problem. It, it's not good. Sure, like I said, sometimes that can just happen. You've had a long day at work. That's fine. But that's not something that should be always. You, your energy levels are off, and so you're being used and abused in a way that you're probably either just not in a good job position, and it's or maybe you are in a job that you like, but you're asked to do things that you're not very good at or takes a lot of energy from you to do, and your manager is doing a poor job adjusting for that. Yeah, I th- those can be major, major energy zappers, and I, and I think that that's a problem a ton of people have. I mean, if you just like if you're on you know any Instagram meme page, honestly, there there's always like every day there's something coming across like some some meme, and it's funny, it's whatever, but it's gonna be about uh, somebody complaining that they're too tired to, to do anything after work. They work for money that they're too tired to spend or that they're exhausted all the time. The fact is, it's not that you don't sleep enough. It's not that you don't, it's, it's like Michael saying that you don't have the energy because your energy is all used up on crap that you're not good at and doing a job that you hate. And so you're, you know, you're mentally exhausted. You, and you have to have a life outside of work if all you do is go home and sleep and go to eat, uh, sorry, <laughs> go home, eat, and go to sleep, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, if that's all you do, you I'm sorry, you don't have a life, you have a job. Yeah, your job is your life. That's it. And um, it's not meant to be that way. You're not meant to, you should, when you leave work, it should be, look, here's what I've always heard, and I do believe in this. If you enjoy what you do, it is something that you're okay to do extra for and you don't feel worn out by it. So if somebody says, hey, can you stay on extra two hours to finish up? Sure, I can do that. I'm happy to do it. And you shouldn't go home just wiped out every time. 
Because if you're wiped out from your eight to five job, that's that's not normal. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, you, you, you work in front of a computer all day. You physically don't have to do anything. You're just staring at a screen and typing on a keyboard. Yeah. But there's a lot of mental stress and mental right. energy that's gone into it. And it's amazing how wiped out you can feel, especially when you're doing something you don't want to do. I mean, just think about it. Think, take something like for me. I despise accounting. You accountants out there, you CPAs, I don't get you. But I admire you. We admire you because I can't sit there and stare at a spreadsheet or look at a P&L statement and making sure it's right or trying to reconcile something. It's like a nightmare to me, and I hate it. And literally something that may take somebody that, that they love to do it, five minutes, it may take me an hour and it's not done right. Right. And I'm wiped out from it. Like, I, I, I don't look forward to it. You know, that type of thing. If that's you would work every day, that's not good. You're in the wrong position, for sure. Oh, yeah. All so, right. all right. So, we've gone through some warning signs. Let's talk about some resolutions here. Okay. Yeah. So, the gold resolutions is really, these are things that you can try or do to kind of figure out, am I in a bad situation or not? Or can I actually improve my situation? So we've been talking about warning signs of basically things are not very good right now. We're trying to make it better, but it's not going through. But what does that look like of, all right, let's take a scenario. Let's say you work in corporate America. You have a manager who has a manager who has a manager who has a manager. You know, that world does exist, sadly, but it's a reality. So you take that situation and... A good manager will give you goals, and the question becomes, let's say you meet the goals. You meet, you exceed the goals, great. Are you given the rewards that you were promised? Which sometimes the rewards are, uh, it could be as simple as, hey, you get a bonus, great. Or, hey, uh, let's give you that half a day off that we were promising to you, those types of things. So... um, Let's start with that. Rewards fulfilled when goals are met. So we have that example there. Panic, what's a good example that you can think of that kind of reflects that or even a real-life situation? Um, I mean, so, yeah, you know, you you can kind of put out that test of, like, um, set yourself a goal or or have a goal set for you. I think a a bonus or, like, a – um, a raise, something like that. That's a pretty good test, right? That's a good test to see if people are going to follow through. I mean, just as simple as, hey, you're going to get a $500 bonus when you complete this project on time. Boom. Yeah. And if they don't do that, that's a pretty red flag, pretty big red flag. Yeah, that should that should tell you something um, pretty substantial that, like, uh, this person is not, cha- you know, this this is a this is a bad person. This is like a person you should, probably shouldn't trust. Um, and another one, it, it's like less of a uh, an immediate reward. Is more of like a if you've done something, if there's been an established like you know we are staying on you right now. This is a probationary period where we're trying to gauge your abilities. And once you get through this, we'll kind of get off your back, or we won't be on you so so much. Um, and if you get to the end of that period, if if that cutoff date comes and you're still being kind of micromanaged, you're still being kind of pushed around, that's a good, that's another moment um, that you can see like, okay, uh, we're not getting anywhere with this. So if the, uh, if, if the kind of understood parts are not happening, if it's like there's an understanding that X will happen when Y is achieved and then Y is achieved and X doesn't happen, then you need to, I think your next step is really communicating with that person and finding what your clear paths to success are. Like working with that person and saying, no uncertain terms, point blank, what can I do for X to happen, right? Yeah, you know, where, okay, it could be as simple as, uh, I want to, if I complete this project, what's going to happen? Or if this happens, are we? Am I able to move away from this situation where uh, I'm being micromanaged? You know, obviously you can't ask your manager quit micromanaging me. <laughs> that will never work. Uh, we'll just not. tell you right now. But like with panic saying, communicating that clear path to success, uh, 
that's important because if you can't see where the line is of success, it's just a blur. You don't know where it is. You're going to never reach it because you don't know where it is. And your manager may, may not know where it is and they're going to mistreat you on that and not even realize it. Um, and that even goes into our next comment about making sure there's commitments to those goals and see like, if you can pr present somebody, all right, if we have, this is what success looks like. If I can do this and this and this, I'm going to be committed to it. Can you be committed to X, Y, Z? Basically you're looking for that same level of passion and respect toward a similar goal. So you're all on the same page. Cause there's the reality. If you're not on the same page as your coworker, your manager, your clients, um, if, especially if you're a single person owner, uh, where's the line drawn? And, right. you, and you never see it. You never see that point of, hey, I, I, we made it to this point. Now let's talk about the next step. There is no next step because there was no first step. I mean, I've seen with clients, like, if we do this for you we'll, and this will happen, you will do this, right? And if they can't tell me a defined yes, it's not going to be a good relationship. Just no way around it. And you can assume that they're kind of, they're going to follow that pattern for the rest of the relationship. So, so more, I, I like putting this one into more concrete goals. Yeah. If you tell a client, like, um, you know, we, we dealt with this all of the time was we're going to have a prototype design, a comp, a mock-up, whatever at meeting at this meeting date. And we need you to have your, uh, written content to us by that date also. And it was like, do you understand? Okay. So that should be the resolution. If there's already, you know, that's, that's kind of the, uh, expectation. We've already set that expectation. And then if we get there and, and we've done our, do our due diligence. We've done our part and they have not. Um, you can try as your next step to say, okay, listen, we have to have this and, you know, not, you don't want to ever hit them with the, like, we held up our end of the bargain, but we did and they didn't, that kind of idea. Um, so the next step is uh, is communicating very clearly those paths, which we've already done. So I'm actually going to skip that one. So then we're like, we've made commitments to goals and you guys haven't. Um, the you, ha you have to kind of start to see that this is not going to go well um, and that there is a, an issue of this person is probably not going to change and you're not going to be able to change them. They're not just going to miraculously go, oh, you know what? I just completely forgot about that content and then whip it up for you tonight. Um, so that, so kind of the next step of res resolution here, the next layer that you can add is that you have to have things written down, contract signed, agreed to, put it in ink. I mean, those, like, people really... There's, there's a respect for uh, things that are, are written down, things that are signed, contracts, that kind of stuff, because it's you can't deny it. If, you know, if you've written, like, I will have this done on date X, signed me, and date X comes and you still haven't done it, you can't just be like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you knew. It's right here. <laughs> well, and fun fact, um, when you are hired, make sure you sign an employment contract. Ooh. I know that sounds really dumb because we're dumb and we didn't realize how important that was. And now why now here's the expectation of that type of situation. In an okay, in an employment contract, the goal is that you understand what is required of you and then you understand what's required of your employer. So there is no mismatch of I was never told I was supposed to go down this mine shaft and dig out all this. I thought I was supposed to count the cogs outside, you know, things like that, that doesn't catch you off guard. Side note, if you're working for someone and you have no con actual written contract with them of any sort, you should probably get one. Yeah. Or don't so that you can leave whenever you want. Yeah. And there's no obligations. So just kind of don't do that. So why are we saying all this? So here's the thing. If you are in this world and you've said yes to at least one of these warning signs, I mean, if you've said yes to a lot of these warning signs, th these, are, these are the steps and the resolution to, to verify that you're not crazy and to give your employer, your clients, your whatever is driving you crazy a chance. Because 
it's not fair to anyone. And it's not smart to just kill something cold turkey with no warning because yeah, you're going to feel bad about it. And it's going to probably, it may or may not haunt you later too. Oh yeah. So think about that. And what we're saying here is there's a couple steps you should take and make sure that you're not crazy. And it gives that chance to that manager who said, I have no idea that I was doing that to you. I am so sorry. And that's totally possible. I yeah. mean, I don't, we're not like so fatalistic. I don't want anybody listening to this to think that we're just like fatalistic and, uh, you know, there's no chance of repairing a situation and that everything's doomed. It's not. Sometimes you will say like, Hey, I want to do like, you know, if, if this project goes smoothly, can you kind of let me have a little more space to do things the way I want to? Some people will go, do you not feel like you already do? And if you say, no, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's a little heavy handed and I don't have a lot of freedom. They'll go, Oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. And, and it'll, work out much better. It's not a guarantee, but sometimes it can. And, and what it, never, we're saying, it never hurts to have examples of where they're yeah, overstepping. Always. Because keep those on some hand. people will ask, well, give me an example. And you're like, okay. Have them. You know, I, this text that you sent at 11 o'clock on a Friday night uh, asking me to do something, that's kind of an example of overstepping the boundaries a little mm-hmm. bit. And this is not the first time it's ever happened. And granted, if they if you tell that to that person and they're like, I had no idea, and they feel you can almost say they feel bad about it, that's a good situation that you may be going into. Now, if you tell them that and they don't say, "Well, I needed it done," no, 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 that's not good. <laughs> and so that's you know, again, we're we're talking about steps to kind of litmus test and see, you know, is it. Is it reparable? I guess that's really what we're trying to determine, right? Is can you repair the situation? Can you fix it? And sometimes you can. Um, sometimes, you know, you can't. But again, in all of these steps, we're telling you, encouraging you, don't try to fix that other person. Just, just fix, just do the right things. Do your own best steps. Fix what you can, uh, what's in your control. And, um, and then, you know, you're almost hanging, but again, you're, you're still kind of hanging your hat on a hope. If it's so to the point that, like, you can't be happy until they change or whatever, then that's probably a situation to move on. But one thing you can do is divest yourself from your work a little bit, right? Like, if, if you are to a point where you've tried all these things, they're not changing, they're not fixing, it's hopeless, it's bad this manager, this client, whatever, but you can't leave, you can't quit, you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to fire them as a client, you're not ready to quit your job, it's not to that point, um, but you still are waiting uh, around, you know, you're, you're pinning your happiness on them changing, you have to do something to change your situation. If you've proven to yourself that you can't change them, uh, probably the best thing to do is just divest yourself a little bit, just kind of take a break, ease up, like... Don't yeah. work quite as hard. Well, or just take this realization of I can take a break. I mean, it, it's it's funny. Like, go home, put your phone down, and don't check it till the next morning. Yeah. I know you're saying to yourself, are you crazy? <laughs> Why would I do that? Now, think about it. Because, it, it, hey, 20 years ago... That smartphone that's sitting in your hand right now as you're listening to this podcast possibly didn't exist. If they wanted somebody to get a hold of you, they had to call your home and leave you a, a voicemail on a cassette tape, <laughs> which sounds kind of stupid, but that's how they would communicate with you. But, but what happens if you're like in the car outside? It's so you know striking to me where there was a point where you know when I mow the grass... I try to listen to music or a podcast or something through past time. And I got to the point where I was wanting to just download whatever I was wanting to listen to, turn off my data to my phone, just shut off, turn on airplane mode so I wouldn't get interrupted. Yeah. And was I actually ever really interrupted? Not necessarily, but my mindset said I was going to be interrupted and it made me very nervous and I couldn't, I could literally not just be calm about anything. So, so I said, take some time off. 
turn off your phone when you go to bed. I mean, ima- imagine that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just absolutely disconnect when you can. Um, and I mean, some people, I, I think that, you know, we had the fear of like, okay, but you're, you're, you're saying, okay, Michaels, it's, it's only going to be worse if I just cut my phone off and ignore it until tomorrow, it's just going to be worse and I'm just going to be stressed. Like, well, that's again, that's a warning sign that, that there's a deeper problem, but and like, we have a whole episode oh, yeah. dedicated to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> just you wait. Uh, but the, the fact is like, it's not going to be any worse promise you it's not there's only so much that can be done and as long as you're not ignoring true real actual responsibilities and you're just disconnecting outside of work hours you just owe it to yourself to get in a habit of doing that and so you know ease up don't work as hard um don't you know i you know i i got to a point i set some hard line stances uh and michael will test 11 30 i was out the door for lunch I was gone for an hour. I'd come back at 1230. I'd work until five. And at one point I had to realize like, no, I mean, I'm done at five o'clock. That's, yeah. that's just it. You know, we didn't really have a working agreement, quote unquote. And so I kind of made it up as I went along. But, you know, because before then I was probably usually working until six or whatever, just kind of whenever the work was done. And the fact is like, unless you have to have it first thing tomorrow morning, you can do it tomorrow morning. It can oh, yeah. wait. Go home. Go eat dinner with your wife and your kids. Tomorrow and will come. Tomorrow's going to be here. And so stop stressing about, you know, working yourself to death right now. Just ease up. Uh, you know, take a little time. And, and, and do something. I, another thing is when you find yourself in one of those situations, you will start spiraling quickly once you realize where you're at. So please, by all means... Take some time to do something you love or find some appreciation outside of work. Because a lot of people, I think they start finding themselves in these paths because they are like, this is where I feel appreciated and this is where my skills are and this is where I am necessary. And so I want to do everything here and in work and in my little safe space of work. And that's just so unhealthy. Don't do that. Go find somewhere else that you'll be appreciated. And so especially, um, you know, I feel like this is a common trope with fathers. Go home. Your kids appreciate you. Your wife appreciates you. If, you know, and, and ladies, like your husband, your boyfriend, they appreciate you. Your, your friends appreciate you. Uh, go be and do for them. And if 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 that's not what you're seeking, if you need something else, go volunteer your time with something you're passionate about. But seek that validation and appreciation outside of work always, but especially the second you start to realize that you're dependent on it and the second you start to realize that uh, it's it's not coming your way in your job. It's, it's not going to happen for you nine to five. Yeah, you know, talking about the volunteer piece, uh, <clears throat> there is something that it's always rewarding about volunteering because you're giving yourself or you're giving yourself to someone or some project, your time, your skill set to help. And it's amazing how appreciative they become. And you're like, well, I didn't really do things. Oh, yeah, you did. You did this, this, and this. Like, well, that wasn't anything. And all of a sudden, you start to realize, well, that feels really good. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've done some volunteer work and I come out energized. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel good. And you think, of, and you think about it in the sense of, wait, I just did a lot of work that's exhausting for, it could be mental, it could be physical, it could be whatever. But when I'm done, I can go do something else. Yeah. And I don't feel, and you're thinking, so that feels foreign. Well, work shouldn't be far from that, which that sounds odd maybe, but if it sounds really odd to you, then you have a problem and you don't know it yet. And you're, and you're working in your weaknesses right now. Um, but yeah, volunteering is one of those great, cause it's just fun to do and it feels good and you'll be amazed. Um, and it also tie into that. So go visit your family. That's not at home. Let's say you got grandparents or you have, um, some like an uncle used to, you know, it could be uncle, aunt, it could be a cousin that y'all are just good friends. 
who knows, go visit them, go hang out with them, go get dinner with them. Uh, or heck, this sounds terrible. Go visit your family that you never see at home because you feel like you don't have time to yeah. make time for that. The, you know, find that dinner table time because that's kind of disappeared in our world a little bit. And I think that's important to still see that because we have these devices like right now I am staring at a screen. I have a screen to my left. I remember panic. He would have four screens at one time. We have these blank screens staring at us that kind of dictate our lives each day to a certain degree. Turn the screen over and have dinner with your family. Yeah. Get your kids to put their phones away or their tablets away. Tell them to get rid of these things for an hour and talk to each other. Learn about each other. How was your day? What did you do? Let's, let's talk about this project we want to talk about. I mean, let's take the simple example Panic and I had coffee one night, and we talked about this podcast. Yeah, and now we're having fun with it. Yeah, and I mean, and it was it's it is really rewarding. And w- one thing that I love about my new job is that I don't just seek my happiness, validation, reward, whatever through my job. Like when I leave, I leave. But by proxy, I actually kind of want to work more for mm-hmm. the right reasons because I enjoy it. Or you're just more effective with your work. Yeah. I'm doing what I'm... I, I work in my strengths now, and I'm good at what I do, and so I just enjoy it. And like today... I mean, I worked all day today, and we're sitting here. Uh, it's evening time when we're recording this, and we both worked all day, and we you know, got off and came right over here and started recording because we're excited about this. Um, but more importantly, our job didn't zap all of our energy. I mean, like... I guess like real here's here's just a good example. Realistically, I had a pretty bad day, quote unquote. Like a, like many bad stupid things happened to me today. And I just got back from vacation and it was my first day back and I got hit with a bunch of questions and um, people needing things at work. I had uh, just some like little misfortunes happen to me during the day, something in my car, something at the home, that kind of stuff. But like none of it really got me down. Because I have the energy to deal with all of it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, man! A year ago, this you, would have been this day would have absolutely crushed me. Oh yeah, I would have. I wouldn't. Uh, we. I wouldn't be sitting here recording a podcast. I wouldn't be. I would be already in bed. Well, you would have just canceled and said, yeah. uh, "Let's look at it next week." I can't do this today. I can't. I'm yeah. just out. So, if, if you're right, that's another. If you're canceling events with people that you've had planned because you just are too tired. There's something going on. Yeah, back back to a big old warning sign. Yeah, um, exactly. But again, you know, if you can, if you are not fortunate enough to be in a position where you feel like at the end of the day you have some energy and um, and you have found reward in your work and that you uh, enjoy it and you just can't seem to like, you know, it just drains you, then stop trying to find your reward. Stop trying to find your energy in that job. It's not coming. And you can lie to yourself. You can tell yourself that it energizes you, but that will not last. Again, cult of success is not going to help you here. What's going to help you is finding reward somewhere else, finding energy somewhere else, and stop investing everything you've got into this job that's just no good for you. Or this person that's at your job that controls your life. This client that uh, is, you know, you think is like some key to success or is, is just going to help you get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Just all of these things are lies that you're just telling yourself lies. So please, you know, f- yeah, have the dinner table time, connect with your family, with your friends, uh, you know, do some volunteer work, find satisfaction and reward outside of the job and stop trying to force yourself to be happy and find your satisfaction inside of a job. I promise you it's not going to happen that way. And if you really want to jump off the edge, take a day off. Oh, yeah. That's not a holiday. Mm -mm. That's not a questionable holiday. It's an actual day off. And you say to yourself, I can't take a day off. Well, if you have the flu and you have 103 fever and you just can't get out of bed, you're going to take a day off then? Probably. Uh, what's the difference, right? It's okay to take a day and you're not necessarily sick, but you need time to yourself. That's okay. A lot of companies give you defined sick days. They may give you, I don't know, two weeks, you know, 10 days of sick days per year or however they do that. 
it's more, and they take it in the sense of you take it or you lose it. So it's there. Use it. Use it. Make, you know, take a day and go do something you've always wanted to do. Heck, take a, if you took a Monday and you decided to go hiking on the weekend, you have that day to recover. Exactly. It, it could be that simple, which sounds like, why, you know, oh, it's so easy. I don't know. See how hard it is for you to tell your manager, hey, I'm going to take this day off. And if they tell you, oh, you can't, or because they really shouldn't say that, but if they say, um, I don't know if we can do that. Or, or they do say, sure, you can take the day off, and they make your life a living hell the day before, or while you're, day, while you're having your day off, they are blowing your phone up. Oh, that phone better be turned off. Either turned off or you've trained yourself to ignore work-related things because here's the reality. Everybody, and we'll get into another episode on this because we're about done with this one. Uh, communication, you have to define to each person. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing whatever they want to, how they want to communicate. You want to do how you want to communicate. And here's the thing. When people start abusing your communication on your day off that you're trying to take to relax, there's a warning sign. And yeah. think about that. So anyway, all right. So yeah. all wrap right, guys. things up a little bit. Um, so we went through, let's talk real quick. We recap. So our main issue was pinning our success on somebody else changing. What does that all mean? There's somebody in your life that's making your life miserable and you don't either realize it or you're thinking the second they'll change, they'll get better. Then we talked about the warning signs that you may be in this and not even realize it at all. And then we talked a little bit about resolutions of these are some litmus tests you can try, do these things to make you feel a little bit better. And here's the thing. When it boils down to it, you may just be in the wrong job. And I hate that. And you may need to be finding another job or another career as a whole. Or uh, maybe you, ha- you love the company you're at, but you're in a, in a bad position and you don't know it. Yeah. Or you just have a terrible manager. But it may be that time to, make, to take a more drastic step and do something different. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Work-Life Balance. I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that it brought some value to your life. Uh, Maybe that you learned something you didn't know before. Maybe that you're starting to see a little bit more about uh, the situation that you're in and uh, that this might be a wake-up call that you need. Um, If you have questions, if you have uh, anything that you'd like to pass on to us, topics for a future show, uh, anything at all, feel free to email us at worklifebalanceshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and possibly put you on a future episode. Uh, We'll have more episodes coming up soon. We appreciate you again, and thanks for listening.